0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rock Your Brand podcast. And today I have a special episode because we're bringing something back. And anyone that has been listening to this podcast for, well, I don't know, six or seven years might remember something that we used to call our 10 by 10 by 1 method and yes it is coming back there's one little exception though it is geared towards etsy and this is what we are using now to determine how to find products pick products and really the method of finding those products that can do a hundred dollars profit per day and we're going to break down the 10 by 10 by one now if you're a new listener Well, you're in for a treat because, uh, well, this method has really allowed us, ourselves, and I would probably say, not exaggerating, do over a few million dollars in sales on Amazon. Now, if we were to take that a little bit further and say that same 10 by 10 by 1 for people that we taught this to, oh gosh, millions uh in Amazon sales. I mean, I have people that we have taught this to that have went on to sell their business for 10-15 million dollars. Now, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode is because I've been hearing a lot of people that want to sell on Etsy and they ask the question of, okay, what does the right product look like or what are the right numbers? How much should I be looking for? And the truth is It depends. I'm going to pull a Chris Schaefer. It depends because your target is going to be different than mine or someone else's. And so that's why I wanted to do this because what you're going to be able to do once you understand this, the 10 by 10 by one is you're going to be able to see how to use it for your own target. It'll make sense once you go through this episode. So it's myself and Chris Schaefer. We break this down. We also take it a little bit further and we came up with something we're calling our 10 by 10 by 10 method. So something brand new. So I am going to stop talking so you can listen in on this episode. It's a little bit longer, but we went deep and uh, we explained a bunch of different examples. So sit back, relax and enjoy. All right, all right, all right. We are officially live here on this Wednesday afternoon, and uh, we are going to be talking about, uh, well, something that I think needs to be talked about, and that is how do we reach the number, okay, the profit number, how do we reach that according to you? And everyone is different. Every single person is different when it comes to what is your number. So we're going to go through that. Then what we're going to do is reverse engineer how you get there. And we're going to be explaining what we call our 10 by 10 by one method or recipe. We also have a 10 by 10 by 10 recipe that's been, it's been, I guess, re uh, how would you say that Chris on a recipe? We've, uh, we've modified it. We've added a pinch of salt and maybe a pinch of sugar, and uh, we've made it a little bit different uh, according to demand. It really does come down to demand. But um, yeah, we, we doctored it up a little bit and it uh, and made a couple of tweaks. So this way here, if maybe you're a vegan and we're making this recipe, we've made another version. So this way here, you can eat it as well. Uh, <laughs> does that make sense, Chris? What I'm trying to explain here with the recipe analogy?
1: A little bit. Uh- <laughs> Really, what you're saying is we've reimagined, right, what, uh, what it is, right? And un- unlike uh, when Disney reimagines classic Disney movies and turns them into live action uh, movies that are not nearly as good as the originals, uh, this is as good or better than the original formula, uh, right? This is not new Coke. This is actually a better version of Coke. It really is. Um, and the, the thing that I like about this, Scott, is just like the original formula, yeah. uh, the original 10 by 10 by 1 method, You can use this no matter what your goals are just to scale it up, right? So it'll work if you're trying to find $500 a month, $5,000 a month, $50,000 a month. All you have to do is scale this to your goal. But the key to that, and I know we're going to talk about this, is knowing what your goal actually is to start with, right? And so once we have that nailed down, then we can figure out how to apply the the formula that we're going to be talking
0: about. Well, and with that being said, Chris... uh, we want to know what that is because maybe just maybe the niche that you're in won't allow that to happen. It, it maybe isn't there. Maybe the, the demand isn't there for what you're striving towards. And then maybe what we need to do is we need to pivot a little bit, or maybe we need to do another thing that we call niche stacking where uh, maybe we have to bolt a few niches together. So this way here we can reach those numbers. So that's, what we're going to be talking about here today and uh, we are going to be going through it. I'm going to share with you guys examples of what this looks like. I'm also going to give you a checklist. So this way here, you can really run this for yourself. Uh, we get people all the time. They're like, is it possible to hit $5,000 per month on Etsy in profit? Is it possible to do 10,000? Is it possible to, to do a thousand? And the answer is maybe it depends on your niche Uh, and also how aggressive you want to be, how much time you have and all of those things. But some people they're like, is there enough demand in my niche for hitting a thousand dollars a month? And in most cases there are, but if we're just talking about is Etsy a place where I can create enough, you know, income for my husband to stay home or for me to stay home from my part-time job, maybe, but what is that number? You know, we can't really say just a blank statement of like, yes, you can. It's a matter of like, okay, we have to look at what that number is because your number is going to be different than someone else's number. Someone else is like, I just want to cover my mortgage. My mortgage is $1,800. I want to cover my mortgage every single month so we don't have to deal with that. Okay, that's your target. Someone else is like, I want to make 18 grand a month. Bigger, Right. We got more things we need to consider. And then what we need to do is we need to look at the market and the niche that you're targeting. And we need to start looking at, is there enough demand in that niche that is going to allow you to hit those numbers? Because if there's not, then we need to readjust. Right. And we have to be real about it. Like we have to, you know, we can't sugarcoat it. We got to look and say, okay. Maybe this isn't going to work for you if you stay in this niche and to hit those numbers. We got to do something else. We got to go outside of that niche or we have to do a little bit of niche stacking as we've talked about before. And guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, I will drop the links to the things that I'm talking about here in the description. Uh, so this way here, you can access those. The one that I keep bringing up is the niche stacking one. And that is a good one for if you are in a niche that is narrow narrow doesn't have a lot of demand, but maybe enough demand to get you to that $2,000 per month. Uh, Well, what we can do is we can do a little bit of research and try to find some of these shoulder niches as we call them uh, niche stacking is that's really what we're talking about. So yes, that's what we're going to be talking about. So with that all being said, do me a favor, if you are attending this live, let me know in the comments, what is your goal? What are you trying to achieve by selling on Etsy. What is that number? And I'm not talking revenue number. What do you, what is your goal? What do you want to make? What do you want to earn and put in your pocket? What is your goal? Drop that in the comments. I'm just curious. And guys, like I said, if it's a thousand dollars, it's a thousand dollars. If it's 10,000, it's 10,000. And a lot of times people will be like, well, I just want to make a million dollars. It's like, okay, everyone wants to make a million dollars, but at the end of the day, what is your target? And that doesn't mean that you can't start with a thousand dollars and scale that up to five, 10, 15, 20. Like we can do that, but what is that number? All right. So just go ahead and drop it in there. I would love to see it and uh, we can get rocking and rolling. So Chris, are we ready to rock and roll? Because obviously this is the rock your brand, uh, podcast and YouTube stream here and Facebook. So,
1: uh, we should probably get rocking. Are we good? I'm good. And uh, we got people rolling in on the YouTubes on the Facebook all over the place and we're getting all kinds of numbers. And this is the exact reason Scott that you and I have uh, been kind of tinkering with this because we've seen a lot of people with a lot of different numbers and we wanted an easy to use way that people would be able to take a look at their niche and say, look, I want, you know, if, if it's Sandra Roberts, I want a thousand dollars profit per month. Okay. That makes this very easy. I want 2000. Karen says my goal is higher 200,000, 12,500 a month. Right. I want to clear. So profit 6,000 a month. Here's the deal, guys. Keep this number in mind as we are going through this, because all you have to do is scale this. And because Scott and I both suck at math, we're using nice round numbers to make this really (laughs) easy for everybody. So with that out of the way, Scott, I'm ready to jump in if you're ready. Yeah,
0: let's do it. So I'm going to go ahead and add my, uh, my slide deck here. I prepared a few things because I wanted to I wanted to be prepared for you guys so we can kind of get right to it and I can share with you exactly uh, what this looks like. Again, if we were sitting down having that cup of coffee, we could be discussing this and the first thing I would ask you is what is your target? So again, you guys, if you're here live, if you're listening to this on a recording, whatever, think about that for a second because that's going to allow us to use this method and that is the 10 by 10 by 1 method and there's also now a refined an adjusted a modified a little uh little dash of salt if you will on this recipe where uh we are uh, creating a 10 by 10 by 10 which is uh is interesting and I think it makes a lot of sense so I'll be breaking that down for you as well all right now like i said if you are here drop in the comments or let us know what is that number so this way here you can have a clear number in mind, but then also we can see it. So this way here, it gives us an idea of like where people are at, like, what is that target? So what's your monthly number? All right. Is it a thousand dollars? Is it 3000? Is it five? Is it 10? And I just was scrolling through the live feed here and I could see that it's a, it's like this. It's, it's a range. We have a few people that's like 12,500. The other question I would ask you is like, in what time period, like what's the goal next 12 months, Two years. Like, what is it? And I know a lot of times people are like, well, I just want it to happen tomorrow. I think we all know probably not the case. Things take time. It does take work. Uh, But if you work at it consistently and you have your number in mind that you're shooting for, and if you use the 10 by 10 by one or the 10 by 10 by 10, Uh, there's a very good chance that you can get there. All right. But there's also some things that we need to look at once we have that number. And that's what we're going to be covering here today. So get that number, write it down, if you will. And this way here, we can reverse engineer what that looks like for you. All right. So let's use $3,000 per month. I'm going to kind of go in the middle there. Let's just, and it's also easy math. So what we're going to do here is we're going to use $3,000 as our target. All right, that's what we want as profit, $3,000. And I think anyone would love to have an extra $3,000 per month in their bank account every single month. And yes, I know some people are gonna be in the comments, especially on YouTube, sorry, YouTube, but it's gonna be like, yeah, but they gotta take taxes out of that. Yes, if you go to work, they gotta take taxes out of it too. I understand that, but let's just keep it easy and say $3,000, like everyone's tax bracket's gonna be different and all that stuff. $3,000, what do you get to take from the product that you have sold is really what we're looking at. All right. So $3,000 divided by 30 is a hundred dollars per day. If my math is correct, which I think it is. Cause I, I did check that, uh, but it's pretty easy math. All right. So simple. So here is the 10 by 10 by one method. Very, very simply put, and we're going to dig into this. And like I said, I've got another variation of this, which is the 10 by 10 by 10 method. All right. So if you think about $10 profit, okay, $10 profit, a $10 bill from 10 sales, one product is going to get you to $100 per day. Let me go through that one more time. We have $10 profit on the product that we're selling. We sell 10 of those per day. One product brings us to $100 per day, okay? So $100, 30 three grand. Right? So now if we're thinking about it, like 3000 sounds like a harder task than a hundred dollars per day. Right? So if we break it down and we go, wait a minute. So I just need to make sure that the products that I'm releasing, I'm clearing $10. And now all I need to do is focus on, I need 10 sales. Now with that in mind, all right, I used to teach this, uh, years ago in the Amazon, uh, ecosystem and 10 sales a day. There is easier, but way more competition. So we were always using the 10 by 10 by one to get to a hundred dollars per day. Now on Etsy, it may be harder to get one product at 10 sales per day, depending on the niche and really the product itself. Now there are a lot of products that are doing that, but I have found that a majority of the niches, if we're not in like a huge saturated niche, uh, then we're looking at on the average, you're between like 30 sales a month to about 90 to hundred sales on the average type of product. All right. So if you are looking to find one product, all right, you got one shot at it. You got one product. It's doing $10 profit. You sell 10 per day. You're at hundred dollars. That's $3,000 per month. Pretty simple, right? Now that's 300 sales per month. One product. You're going to need larger demand for that. So when we're doing product research now, and if this is what we're looking at, we're like, okay, when I'm going through Everbee and I'm using the data there, I'm looking at the total sales for the month. So I'm looking for products that have 300 in that column. And a lot of times you're not seeing that in a lot of products. Okay. 300 sales. That's a good number of sales for one product. It's possible, but it is harder. So That's where I came up with a little bit of a different approach, and that's what we're calling the 10 by 10 by 10 method. And what this does is this allows us to really only need to find that product that does one sale per day. So $10 profit, 10 sales per day, but across 10 different products. So now when we're doing our research and we're looking at products, we're like, Does this product make $10 per day? Can I get it to $10 per day? Can I sell 10 a day? Okay. And if we can do that, then we're going to, now actually this here is like 10 sales a day, $10. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're there, right? So are we able to do that? Are we able to get one product, one sale per day, way easier to do that than it is to find one product that's selling 10 per day, right now, Chris, before I move on. We have any questions and does this make sense or have I complicated it? I think
1: it's Yeah, and simple. I think the, the 10 by 10 by 10 would really be the scaled version of that. And I think, yeah. I think what you're talking about is still 10 by 10 by one, yep. right? It's 10, uh, 10 sales at $10 profit. Yes. But instead of looking at one product, we're really looking at 10 different products to get there. right? So instead of trying to get one sale or 10 sales from one product, we're saying one sale per day times 10 products Times $10 profit.
0: Yeah, I've got a visual here that will probably make this a little bit easier to understand. So check this out, right? So we have all these 10 products, right? We have 10 products doing $10 profit per day. We sell one a day, right? So there we are. So we're still arriving to the same number, but we're able to now, instead of it being one product that's selling 10, we have 10 products that are doing one. Makes sense, Chris.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think where people are getting confused is it's not really 10 by 10 by 10 when we're talking about this, it is still 10 by 10 by one, right? Right. Except the one is now a sale, right? Instead of it being the products. So it's, uh, what it, what it always used to be is 10 sales a day times $10 profit times one product. What it is now is 10 sales a day across 10 products. So 10 products at $10 profit, each getting one sale a day. Does that make yeah. sense?
0: Yeah, and, and if you if you look at the diagram, if you guys are listening to this on the podcast and you guys are like, okay, that's a lot of 10s, right? Like 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, one, whatever. I have a diagram that I pulled up that I created, all right? And I'm, I'm going to uh, hopefully make this visual for anyone that's just listening to this, all right? I have 10 products that are up there, okay? So I have product one through 10. Each one of them is doing $10 profit, and each one of them is making one sale per day. So we still get to the $10 profit per item, okay, per product, 10 sales a day, but it's across 10 different products, okay? So that's kind of like the distilled version of that. So if all you think about to yourself is, okay, I need one product that's doing $10 profit per day, one sale a day, I need to find 10 of those, right? And now, you may have you may have it work like this. We don't have just 10 products, you know. We may have 300 products or 600 products. Does that mean that all of those are going to get at least one sale a day? No. But when you have a suite of products, guess what? You have one that might only get 15 sales and another one that might get 15, but collectively we're still able to get to our numbers. And the more, you know, lines that we put in the water, the greater chance that we get to hit our number. All right. But when you look at it this way, it's easier than if I just had three boxes up there and it was one product, $10 profit, 10 sales a day. It's harder because we need to make sure that the demand is there in order to accomplish that. Right. That's what makes it harder when we're only focusing on one product. We have like one line in the water instead of 10.
1: Okay. And and realistically in, in Etsy, right. If we're talking about print on demand. In a lot of cases, Scott, this could still only be maybe two designs, right? But instead of selling 30 pillows a day or whatever, right, you're selling a couple different variations of that design. But this really is still 10 by 10 by one, right? If you're trying to make that $100 a day, if you find 10 products that are making 30 sales per month, right, one per day that you can make $10 profit with, Then you get to that $100 a day number, which you can then use to scale. And we're getting all kinds of comments like, well, can I do 10 by 10 by 5 or 10 by 5 by 1, right? The answer is yes, if that supports your goal. And that's why we like using these nice round numbers, right? 10 is really easy to understand. Uh, But if your goal is to make 1,500, not 3,000, well, that's half. So then we would only need 10 products times $5 or or 5 products times $10, however you want to mix and match that, right? But breaking this down makes this uh, a lot easier to understand, and it makes it a lot easier when you're looking at the search results. And we have uh, Chris over on YouTube said, "How are you guys doing like the niche analysis, right?" And if you go watch some of the other videos that we've done where we show how we look at the Everbee results and stuff, it's got the one that that came to mind is like Cottage Core, right? We looked at that a few weeks back. And there's a lot of support there. Uh, I just pulled up the search results on my side here. Like the number one product that comes up for that sells 658 a month. Okay. Maybe that does support the, you know, the, the higher end stuff, but a lot of times what you'll see is you'll see 30, 40, 50 sales per month per product. And what we have to do is say, are there at least 10 different listings in this niche that are making that volume to be able to support what I want to do? You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below.
0: Yeah, right. and I, I'm, I'm going to share an example of that too, yeah. Chris. So I have a visual that will help with that. So guys, just stick with us. Um, you know, Chris is explaining it well, but I think when you see a visual, you'll also understand like looking at the numbers in Everbee. Um, And if you guys are not using Everbee, I definitely recommend you try it. Yes, you will buy us a cup of coffee. And yes, we love our coffee. But uh, if you want to give it a try, they have a free uh, trial on it. You don't even need to put your credit card in. You can head on over to brandcreators.com forward slash Everbee. And Chris, if you would flash that up on the screen, that would be amazing. So let me go ahead and show you what I've got here. Okay. Now, the other thing I did before I move on, let me show you something interesting that happens when we do this here, a 20 by 10 by five method, ah, a little extra dash of salt there. So here's, here's what we're talking about. What if we found products that did $20 profit and we only did five sales against five products? You see, you see how this can work. Like we can manipulate it any way we want, but it's going to depend on the niche. Are there products that you can, that you can earn $20 profit? Is there you know, is there enough of those out there? Is there some products that you might make 30, $40? Well, I'm here to tell you that, yeah, there are, you know, we, we've done it and we are doing it. Um, and I'm looking at doing that all the time because $10 is like the bare minimum. Like people ask all the time, like, so Scott, what is, what is your number? What are you looking for? As far as profit goes, we always say $10 absolute minimum, but for, but for, uh, the most, most time we're looking at $15 as the low. And then upwards of like right now we've got a few that uh, I would say are right, right around the $50 mark, which is fantastic, right? So now you just got to sell two, right? And then you're at your hundred dollars per day. So this is just another take on it. You can You can take this and you know you can manipulate it any way you want, so it fits you and your products. You might be in a niche that you're selling stuff that's making a100 dollars profit, right? So thing, you can get to that $10,000 dollar mark a lot easier by having a product that sells well, that's getting a higher profit margin, obviously, right? So I just wanted to show you this because obviously it's easier when we are able to increase the profit, which we always should be doing, all right? So let me just give you a little bit of a calculating your plan little step-by-step here, all right? So the first thing that you need to do is you need to look at your monthly target. What is that monthly target? That's why we talked about that in the very, very beginning, all right? That is very important. Okay. Knowing what that monthly target is. And I mean, what's the target, right? It doesn't mean we can't go over it. We can, but what's the target? What are you striving towards? What are we aiming for? The next thing is, is what is the product profit? All right. So when you're doing your research, you want to know what is the profit potential here? And I'm going to show you how we can calculate that now very, very easily. We can look at all the fees. We can look at everything that's coming out of that. So we know exactly what we will make if we charge what we charge. All right. So the product profit, we want to write that in there. The next thing is, is what's our expectations for sales per day? What is, what has been proven? What does the validation say by going through this? And then how many products am I going to need to launch in order to hit my target? All right. So this is just a very easy breakdown. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast, I actually have a diagram, not even a diagram, a a checklist, that you can fill in the blanks. But basically, if you just took a piece of paper and wrote on the top, calculating your plan, and then wrote in monthly target, put that in there, product profit, sales per day, how many products? like That's what you need to know. And then we have stuff to work with, right? We have our ingredients. Now what we need to do is actually go and implement it inside of our shop, all right? And that's where the validation comes in in the first place when you're validating the niche, all right? So let me move into the validation part. So let's say that we're validating this right here. And what you're looking at is a fishing shirt. Okay. Pretty cool one, by the way, too. We're looking at this. It's got a bunch of different types of fish on the front. It's a long sleeve. It's a dry wicking fishing shirt. Um, and there's a little ruler that's on the sleeve, which I think is a great idea. And it goes up to like 12 inches. So this way here you can measure it on your arm. It's pretty clever. Um, but what I'm looking at here, Okay. When I'm looking at this, like if I'm in the fishing niche and I want to go, okay, I want to make $3,000 per month. I'm going to be looking at these numbers. Now, this is just one product that I'm looking at. I'm going to look at other ones as well. But if I'm just looking at this one, what I'm going to look at first is this right here. I'm going to look at estimated monthly sales. Okay. And it says 90 estimated monthly sales last month. Okay. Now that's cool. That's good but I want to go a little bit further and I want to look at this. I want to take how old the listing is. This is nine months old. Then I want to take the total sales for this listing, 808. And I want to divide that by the amount of months. So it's nine months divided into 808. I did it on my calculator, by the way, and it's 89.77. So let's just call it 90, right? That's what it's averaging. That's how many sales are per month. Now this is, that means this is doing like three sales per day. So this is technically like three of my products, right? It's almost like three products in one, if we want to look at it that way. All right. So that's how we're looking at the validation piece on this one individual item. But now is it making $10 per day? It's a great question. How do we figure that out? Well, now Everbee has this built in, which is a nice little profit calculator. So what we can do is we can now, and Chris, I don't know. Can you see my cursor You can. Cool. So if, if, uh, if we're now looking at this, we see the sale price is $32 and 97 cents. Okay. It's free shipping. All right. There's no discounts applied. And, uh, it looks like the cost of the item they're putting in here. They're taking 40% of it is generally how they do that. And it's $13 and 19 cents. But let's say that you went in to printify and you saw that it's going to cost you $13 and 19 cents. Let's say that that was the cost. You would put that in here. You're going to take your your shipping cost, which is going to whatever whatever it says that it's going to be you put that in there, you hit calculate and then what it's going to do over here is it's going to give you the breakdown. It's going to show you the revenue it's going to show you all of the different all of the different pieces the the discount if you had one, the shipping cost if you had it in there and it's going to bring it to the total net profit, which in this case is eleven dollars and seventy cents. If I sold this thing for thirty two ninety seven with all the Etsy fees, it has cost of Etsy fees, 20 cents for the listing. Transaction fee is $2 and 14 cents. The payment processing fee is $1.24. So total fees is $3 and 58 cents. Now, if I was running advertisements to this, I would have to figure that in. But let's say that I'm not. I would say we're at $11 and 70 cents per sale. So I'm over my $10. So I hit my $10. Perfect. Is this a good product then? Yes. Right. So it proves that this niche is definitely buying fishing shirts, long sleeve, right? So, okay, cool. So now I've got that. So when we're doing this product research, we want to make sure that we do the profit calculation. So this way, here we know if we're hitting our mark. Okay. And then we can play around with it too. We can say, well, we want to make $15. Well, I got to charge then more, right? Maybe then I got to charge $37.97, like whatever it is. I can play with that. All right. But I can also see, that this has already been selling for that. So I want to go off of that because there's proof that 808 of these sales most likely were for this price. There's no sale on it right now. I don't know if there was one in the future, but right now there's not. Okay. So moving on, let's check this out. So now if I'm evaluating demand inside of this niche, so let's say that I'm like, okay, that's one item, but does this niche have enough demand for what I'm trying to achieve? So then what I would do is I'd come over here and I would look at other products. So we have here a, uh, a fishing brag board, 49 sales. All right. Did 2450, uh, estimated total sales was 155, three months. So I would do the math. I would say, okay, 155, uh, or three, yeah, three months. I would divide it by this here. And I would come up with my number, which is pretty close to what it's saying. The estimated total sales, how much it is per month. So forty nine almost 50 sales. That's a little bit more than one sale per day. I have this other fishing metal sign here, 53, okay. Uh, $1,870 or uh, $70 in sales in revenue, uh, 1290 total sales. It's been active for two years, 24 months. So I would divide that in there and see if that is my average. Okay. And if it's not my average, I would take what the average is for that period of time. I wouldn't just take this so it's kind of like I'm cross-referencing what it's stating as the monthly right now, the last 30, and I'm taking that for the history, all right? Really important part there. Take the history, not just what it's stating it did last month. Because last month could have been like, uh, could have been a holiday. It could have been a, uh, you know, a fishing season, right? So what I'm looking at is like, what did it do over the last 24 months? Because it has the history here. And then I'm just dividing that in there. We have a personalized engraved lure here. 53 of those sold. I have a personalized fishing knife. Uh, I don't know if it's a knife or a holster for it. 55 of those sold. So I'm going through and all I did was put in fishing and I'm saying, okay, 90 here, 55 sales here, 53 here. I add all these up and I'd say, is there demand? Are people buying enough for me to be able to make my target, right? To hit my target. That's what I would be doing. Now you may come in here and go, I want to make. Fifteen thousand dollars a month, and you might look at this and go, "There's not enough in there, right? There's not enough." Now, I'm not saying if you're just looking at fishing, you got to go deeper than that. You got to go fishing. You got to go bass fishing. You got to go trout fishing. You got to go deep sea fishing. Anything fishing, you want to go through all of these different uh, verticals, all these different sub niches, and you want to start kind of tallying those all up too, because it's still within the brand. Um, And then you want to see like what is a realistic number that I will be able to hit if I'm able to do similar sales to some of these uh, other shops right now. So that's how we're evaluating the demand. We want to make sure that we evaluate the profit that potentially is there to be made on the products that we're looking at. And we also want to look at the history and divide that by the months that it's been live so we can see what the history looks like. So we know that we're not just looking at like a one-off thing that did well for one month. Chris, does that make sense so far that I explained everything there?
1: It does. We had, uh, two, two quick questions, Scott. So when we're doing product research, if we're trying to validate the niche this way, do we always start with the, the fat head term, right? The, the broadest term possible in the market when we're trying to do this analysis, or, uh, should we start with more of a niche based approach? Um, so in the case of like fishing, should we go for fishing to, to run this 10 by 10 by one analysis, or should we start with underwater bass fishing?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it it also comes down to, again, like what are you trying to achieve? Yes, if I would probably personally start with the fat head, I would start with the the broadest of term, but still within my niche because number one, I want to see what's selling across the brand, you know, across the the niche, like everything, right? I'm gonna get ideas of like, oh, uh, there was a, a fishing tackle box that was selling. Huh, I wonder if I could get those made, or maybe someone was making a leather holster for a knife, or, uh, maybe someone was selling a uh, little, I don't know, backpack that they took for a tackle box or something like that. Like I wouldn't have seen if I just put in bass fishing because yes, bass fishing is a sub niche, but why wouldn't I want to still sell in the fit? I mean, if I'm into bass fishing, I'm into fishing. Right. So I wouldn't want to eliminate that. I would start with the fat head and then I would start drilling into the sub niches. And a lot of times you're going to get, uh, you're going to get ideas of those sub niches by doing the the initial one being more broad. That makes sense.
1: Money is all around us and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives, but how can
0: we make more of it? And what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account?
1: It does, and the the other question that we had is, can you explain the difference between a sub niche and a shoulder niche? So, a sub niche, right? In the case of fishing, would be a type of fishing, right? All types of fishing are fishing. Bass fishing is obviously fishing, right? Fly fishing. I would even consider spear fishing fishing. A shoulder niche to that would be hunting or camping or canoeing, right? Like something that that people would be doing in uh, in and around the same type of activity, right? Uh, But it's not going to necessarily be the same thing, slightly different, right? So like hunting would be hunting. Deer hunting is a type of hunting. Hiking is not hunting, although you do hike while you are hunting, right? Unless you just drive around on a four-wheeler. But like growing up deer hunting, right? You would have been walking through the woods, doing all of those kinds of things. Maybe you're also into hiking when it's not deer season. So it's something that's very closely related. It's a very similar activity that's not the same thing. Uh, does that make sense, Scott?
0: Yeah, no, I, again, I, I think we, we need to look at, uh, the, the shoulder niches are just related, right? It's like you said, it could be deer hunting. It could be, uh, elk hunting. It could be, uh, you know, what other, a, any other kind of hunting, you know, uh, uh, whatever turkey hunting, it could be any of the, all of the subs off of that. But then also, you know, that hunting a lot of times people are into camo right? They're into other things. So maybe then we start to, to kind of go in that that's not necessarily hunting, but it's related. So if you, if you can think about what else people are searching for, whether that's on Google or within Etsy, you want to start exploring those. But a lot of times you'll find those things by doing the initial fat head search. As Chris said, the, the fat head of the, the keyword, right? It's the fat keyword that is just really, really broad, like fishing or like hunting right? Things like that. And that'll give you ideas and then start leading you down these paths. So this way here, you can see what else you could, you know, you could add to your brand.
1: Yeah. So, uh, if we're looking at something like travel, there's so much is something like beach, a sub niche. Well, do people travel to the beach? Yes. (laughs) Right. Like, so whether you're talking travel itself, when people say travel, usually what they mean is vacation, right? So like no one actually likes the part where they're in the airplane. Or like very few people even like the road trip aspect, even if they're into like RVing. So what people actually mean there is vacation. Is a beach vacation a type of vacation? Yes. Um, Right. Uh, Is surfing necessarily a part of people who are into beach vacation? No, but that could potentially be a shoulder niche, like surf style, like we've talked about in the past. If you're into like the beach vacation vibey stuff, maybe you like to surf too. Um, Maybe you like to boogie board. Uh, maybe you like to wakeboard, right? So those might be potential shoulder niches. You'd have to do a little bit of digging to find out, but a beach vacation would be a sub niche of vacation. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And I just did a quick little search here while we were on and I just went into Etsy and I put in travel and then I let the auto suggest help me. So it's travel, traveling, travel gifts, travel bag, travel mug, travel jewelry case, travel poster, travel journal, travel map, travel planner, jewelry box, notebook, right? So yes, it could be a destination, but it also could be something that you're getting for someone that travels, right? So it doesn't just have to be like, oh, we're going to talk about beach stuff, or we're going to talk about, you know, uh, you know, no, uh, Adirondack travels or maybe European travels or whatever, right? Like those are destinations, but what about the person that is just an avid traveler and everyone kind of makes fun of them, right? It might be a gift for that person, right? Or it might just be something that someone needs while traveling, like a travel bag or a jewelry case or a poster or a journal, um, jewelry box, notebook, like any of that stuff could also be things that you would sell in that market. Does that make sense, Chris?
1: It does. Uh, And so people were asking, can shoulder and inch products be in the same shop? Yes, because they're very closely related, Yeah. right? My suggestion would be, Fill out as much of the niche related stuff as you can before you start going to shoulder niches. But right. when you're at the point where you're like, you know, I kind of covered everything that there is to cover about the beach. Uh, let me look at the shoulder niches and let me look at the other sub niches or or the main niche itself of vacation to see where I want to go first. Um Yeah. So, yeah. do, do you start with the keyword search? Yes, but we're not necessarily even looking at the volume there because I don't no. care if there's 20 million people searching for it. If it's only making, you know, if, if we average out all of the sales results from Everbee and we see that, you know, products are making one sale a month on average, right? I don't care if 300 million people are searching for it, it's not relevant. So, we're not really worried as much about the keyword volume as we are about the sales volume.
0: Yeah. Hey, so before we keep going here on the questions, I did have a few more things I wanted to share in my little slide deck that I have prepared. So we're not done yet. guys. And then we'll get into some more questions. All right. Um, So let me go ahead and add this back. Um, So again, we're evaluating the demand. Really, really important that we do this once we get our target. So again, if you're sitting down and you're following along, you're getting your notebook, it's like figure out you know, first thing we got to do is this right here. We need to calculate your plan. We need to start with your plan or to start your plan. We need to start calculating by filling in the blanks monthly target. What is it? Product profit. What is the profit that you're going to be able to make from each product? Once you start doing your research sales per day, what is it going to take to hit that number? And then how many products are you going to have to get to this level? Now, just like I said, in, in the beginning, You can start off and say, well, it's going to take 10 products, but you don't stop there. You don't just launch 10 products. You're going to launch 50, 100, 150, 200, because you're going to find that you're going to have some products that are going to do better than others or better through different times of the year. And you're going to fill that in. But what is the number I think is the critical part here. So this way here, you can see what you need to sell on a daily basis. And then you can say, let's create a whole bunch of products that the market would potentially buy. And that's really what that comes down to, but here's the deal: if your targets are lower, like a thousand to three thousand dollars per month, less demand. We don't need as much demand. Like we could be looking at products and go, "Oh, it does twenty-five sales a month. Cool, right?" Like if we want to hit four thousand to ten thousand or more, we're going to need more demand, right? We're going to need more demand. We might need more products or we might need more products that have higher profit margins. So there's going to be more, I guess, thought and finding those niches or niche stacking and finding a bunch of those that you can kind of bolt together to get to those higher numbers. But if your target is a thousand to 3000 less demand, We, we can go through and, and I would even say like, I don't know that there's probably any niche out there that there's not enough to probably do a thousand dollars per month. Like you can probably bolt some things together and get there, um, without needing a ton of demand. But if you're getting into the other numbers with a 4,000 to 10,000 or more, then we're going to need more demand. So just keep that in mind when you're choosing your niche or if you're looking to scale, right? If you're looking to scale, then you have to ask yourself, are there these sub niches that I can bolt on? right? Can I bolt these on to the main brand? All right. So guys, here's what I want you to do for me. If you are here live, if you're not, if you're watching this, you can still do it. Or if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can still do this, but do it in your mind. And then when you stop driving, if you're listening to this or running, write it down. And that is, I want you to comment below. What is your profit target? I know we did this in the beginning, but I want you to make sure that you do it. If you didn't do it in the beginning, do it again, do it now. All right. Um, so make sure that you do that. So this way here, you're putting it down, put it in a notebook, put it on a post-it note, put it near your computer, right? And then go through that exercise of really building out and calculating your plan. Cause your plan is going to be different than someone else's. I guarantee that. All right. Um, and then the last thing I'll say here before we do answer some questions, because I know we do have people that are either up and running or they want to grow and scale their shop. Uh, we do have a training It is our seven day to Ching challenge, depending on when you're listening to this, we're opening enrollment right now. If you're listening to this later and the class isn't open, you can still go there. Uh, Brandcreators.com forward slash sales. And literally our goal here is to get you consistent sales. And we're going to basically go through this in seven days. And we've had students that after the seven days have had sales and continue to get sales. So if you're interested in uh, building out your shop, optimizing it, really taking this approach of getting consistent sales and creating a full-fledged system that will allow this to happen, all right? Now, if you don't have your niche picked yet or you want help with product selection, then I would definitely recommend going here. And this is a little workshop we did. I say a little workshop. It's about two hours on the one, and we have a bonus workshop that we did for just niche validation. Um, you can find that over at brandcreators.com forward slash magic, and you can check that out there. Uh, so if you guys want any additional training from us, we do have a couple of, of classes that you can attend. Definitely go check them out if you're interested. And then the last thing I'll say here is if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, smash the like button. If you're on Facebook, you can give it a little bit of love there as well. And if you're on the podcast, head on over and leave us a review. Let us know what was one big thing that you took away from this episode. All right, so Chris, let's go ahead and uh, let's answer some questions. We got a few minutes here to answer some questions and then we're gonna rock on out of here.
1: Our buddy Ron over on Facebook says, niche product magic workshop equals the goat. Uh, Glenn (laughs) says, are you covering areas even starting with the banner of an Etsy page uh, step-by-step? So inside of the Chutching Challenge, we do go over a lot of those kinds of things. Now it's not gonna show you exactly how to set everything up because coming into that, right. We, there is kind of the expectation that you do have your niche picked and you have a a few products launched, or you're not gonna be able to really participate in the challenge. Right. Um, and so, yes, there are a lot of those things covered in terms of like the optimization, but it's not designed to be like, here's how to fill in your tech settings, right? Like that, that's not inside of the challenge. Although there is a little bit of the, the setup stuff inside of the product magic course. So if that's where you're at, I would go to brandcreators.com forward slash magic. That's going to get you what you need to really get set up. And then once you have your shop set up and you're ready to start hearing that cha-ching sound coming from your phone, your computer, your tablet, uh, multiple devices all at once, depending on uh, how sick you are. Um, you can do that inside of the ching Challenge.
0: Yeah, I, I would say too, in that we, we went over multiple examples of shops that we thought were really, really well optimized. Um, and yes, with your banner, yes, we go through banner um, optimization, like how to create a better banner. Um, so this way here, it's more engaging, but it also, it's your storefront. We go through the full optimization. Even in the backend settings, we also go through some of those Um, so really the first day is optimizing your shop. Like that's like number one. And then we move into more of the internal marketing, uh, and things like that. So we're really building it out. So this way here, when we're ready to start driving traffic, which we do in like, I think it's like day five, um, we're going to basically then be ready for when that traffic comes to the shop into our products. We're fully optimized, whether that's the product listing, we fully optimize that we got our internal triggers, our marketing triggers already there. If we get a favorite, we're already sending out emails. Like we're doing all of the things when we get the traffic. And then we kind of wrap it up with a bow by, by running a, uh, a seven day promo, um, following our promotion strategy. So that's what we do inside of the seven day cha-ching challenge. Um, this will be our second group that we're taking through it. Our first group absolutely loved it. And, um, we've got some really, really great testimonials too on that page. So if you go to brandcreatorscom forward slash sales, you can, uh, you can read some of those there. Um, so yeah. So, all right. Um, what else we got here? Uh, let's see. Oh, here's another quick cra- uh, question from Caitlin. Um, will you be reviewing our shops during the workshop We actually are doing two, it's a live hybrid style class. So what we basically will do is every day, there's a new lesson that's released. You can watch that at your own uh, or on your own schedule. But then what we do is we do two uh, Q&A calls and we do a shop audit call. So if you want your shop audited or reviewed, um, we'll select that. And then what we'll do is we'll do a, a bonus call where we then bring them up and then we give our feedback. On what you've done from the training, and if there's anything that we recommend you doing moving forward. So yes, that is an option. That's the live portion of that class.
1: What do you do if you're uploading products and Etsy suspends your store? Well, here's the the good news and the bad news. The good news is it happens to everybody, uh, pretty much. Uh, the bad news is it happens to everybody, pretty much. Right? So it's not something that I would be worried about. Uh, typically, every new store in Etsy get suspended during the setup process because they're trying to validate all of the information. It's not that you necessarily did anything wrong. It's just that they're going through the validation process and they send a really terrifying sounding email um, because it's basically just an automated template (laughs) that that you would get if you also did uh, something incorrectly. Um, So just check that email and and double check that they're not calling you out for like copyright violations or trademark violations. Um, But if you are a new store, you can expect that to happen, so it is something that's almost expected, and it's it's more rare that it doesn't than that it does. Does that make sense, Scott?
0: Yeah, and uh, one of the reasons why they do that is a lot of times is they're they're verifying your banking information. You're a you're a new store now. If you're an older shop and it happens, then there could be uh, someone could have complained about a trademark violation or something like that. So usually, I would say ninety five percent of the time, it's because it's a new shop and they are verifying. Uh, either tax stuff, social, uh, business ID, like any of that stuff, banking information. And a lot of times it will come back within a week. Um, But you would definitely want to reach out to Etsy. And I don't know why they don't say like, hey, don't be alarmed. Um, You know, your your account's okay. We're just checking some things. Yeah, it takes
1: all of 30 seconds for their marketing automation person. And Etsy, if you're listening to this and you need somebody that can jump in and fix that email for you, uh, I'm more than happy to do it. Right. Because it it seems like it's just a generic template that goes out and it's like, hey, your shop has been suspended. Good luck. Right. But when when they suspend it for a reason, it actually does tell you the reason. Right. So like if somebody filed a trademark violation, it'll say, hey, you know, there's a suspected trademark violation. Here's the the process. Right. The generic email is generic and it basically just says your your shop has been suspended. If you reach out to Etsy customer support, what they will tell you is they'll give you the reason if there is a reason. Uh, But what they'll likely tell you is that it's just being suspended for validation of the information. And the reason that they do that is they don't want to be sitting on your money while they're validating those things and then have it come back that they took money from customers for somebody who doesn't have the ability to actually accept that money and fulfill the orders. So they suspend it to validate all of those things. And it just keeps their hands clean. Um, You'd think they would just do that before they allow you to list products on the site, but it's because it used to be handmade, right? Like they're going through a big transition right now from purely handmade to a little bit more of an open site. And so some of the things that would be okay, (laughs) like and not feel as weird in that more personal environment feel weird for new people. So it's not something I would worry too much about. Um, Sandra said, yeah, I got a trademark letter, but no suspension. Uh, I accidentally put WD 40 in my listing. Um, And that, you know, that can happen. And again, like in that case, they'll tell you what the reason is. But if you're a new shop, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Read through the email, make sure there's nothing grave in there and then go from there. Uh, Scott is, is $2 a day enough for Etsy ads or do I need $5, $10, 15, 50? You could
0: start with $2 a day for sure. I mean, some people start with a dollar now that is going to limit the amount of, you know, views and impressions and all of that stuff that you get. Um, but yeah, $2 a day, you can do it. And if you're only advertising a handful of products, um, I like $5 a day, kind of like, you know, a Starbucks, you know, I don't know one of those, uh, refreshers. I just got one for my daughter the other day. I'm like, seriously, like $5 for that thing. A venti. Are you kidding me? Um, so five bucks a day we're spending on a drink. Why not spend that on, on some advertising and then really allow them to be able to, and you might not spend it. A lot of times if, if, you know, there's not enough audience reach there, it won't spend it, but that's also an indication that. Maybe there's not enough demand there, or maybe it's not optimized well. So there's some things there that we do. And actually inside of the seven day cha-ching challenge, we go into that, uh, and, and really show you how to, how to analyze the data, but then also, uh, start to fine tune it. So you start getting more reach on the keywords that you want to be discovered from. Um, so there's some really cool stuff that we do in there, but I would say, yeah, two, two bucks a day is fine. Um, just know that it might not get you enough data quick enough or, it just might take a little bit longer. Um, but I'd say, yeah, I mean, start with two bucks for sure.
1: Uh, my hubby calls Starbucks five bucks. I like that because I say it's more <laughs> like 10 bucks. Yeah. And, that, you know, if, if that's the deal, right? If you can just make your coffee at home, which I think, you know, if, if you follow along anybody in the finance world, right, they're like, it's 20 cents is the number that gets thrown around for that 20 cents a cup. Uh, and what, what is a cup of coffee? Technically eight ounces, but no one actually like, this is not an eight ounce cup right? <laughs> this holds at least 12 ounces of liquid. Um, and so people typically do that. Do you need those ads to sell? Well, the answer is no, but you might as well, because the return on investment there is great and it helps get you traffic and sales up front, Right. And that's the biggest thing, the biggest sticking point for people. And we were having, uh, I was going back and forth with, with our friend Karen over on Facebook this morning. And she said, um, something to the effect of, do I need reviews to get sales? The answer is no, because if you needed reviews to get sales, right, just like if you needed paid ads to get sales, nothing new would ever sell without reviews or paid ads, right? But they do help shortcut the process, whether it's getting a few reviews or spending a few bucks on paid ads, you're getting traffic and you have sales potential. You're showing Etsy that people are interested in that by driving traffic over there. And that's going to start to make a huge difference for you. Stacy wanted to know, and now, now we're getting into some of the ad stuff. How long do you recommend advertising for as long as it's profitable for that listing? right if you look um you look at some of our numbers from November and December, we were getting massive return on investments. God, I don't remember exactly what the breakdown was, but it was well more than like five or six to one, right, which is yeah. essentially infinitely scalable. We can spend as much money there as we want to um if there's something that's not working, then you stop running ads for that listing. It doesn't mean you have to turn off the ads altogether
0: and and I, I would say on that chris because i I think what she was asking too is like, how long do you recommend? running them for. Um, I would say at a minimum, like in my head, I'm always like seven days. Like I'm going to give it seven days. I'm going to spend 35 bucks and we're going to see what happens. Right. If you, if you do it for two days and then you cut it off, you didn't give it enough time. You got to remember Etsy is they're testing, right? They're testing things and they're kind of guessing a little bit at the audience, even though that you might've put in, uh, you know, the keywords, uh, but they're guessing. Um, and so what you got to do is you got to give them a little bit of time to kind of find the audience and to be able to display them, uh, to the right audiences for those right searches. And then that's also, it comes down to you optimizing for search. So if you're optimizing for search, yes, you might be getting, you know, your, your traffic from, uh, people that are searching for free, but the same thing goes for like, if people are searching are you optimizing for those additional searches? Are you? Do you have the tags in there? Like tags get picked up with your advertising, by the way. I know that firsthand. So you wanna make sure that we do that research when we're optimizing the listing. So I would say at least five to seven days.
1: Is there a specific breakdown of like expensive versus inexpensive products that we're looking for in a niche? And the answer is no, because what we're doing is we're just looking at the profit per unit. So if you go through that calculation that we just laid out, And a lot of the products are making $30 in profit. Well, then that changes the math, right? That's why we start with that 10 by 10 by one foundation saying, hey, if my goal is to make $3,000 a month in profit and I can find 10 products that are making $10 in profit and they're selling at least one a day, I know that I can get there. The biggest mistake, Scott, and I've been going back and forth with a bunch of people because we get tons of emails to the, the support email who watch a lot of our niche validation stuff and they go, okay, uh, the niche has demand, but now I can only sell those exact products that everybody else is selling. Right. And so what, what you're going to find in a lot of times is that the products that rank at the top on Etsy are not necessarily the products that the market would buy. It's just that nobody is offering those products. So if, if you see in your market, right. And we validate using 10 by 10 by one or 10 by 10 by 10, if you're trying to make 30 grand a month and you see that the products that already exist support that that's great. But that doesn't mean that we can only ever sell t-shirts to that niche. That doesn't mean that we can only ever sell mugs to that niche just because those are the most popular products. What you'll find a lot of times is the reason that those are the popular products is those are the only products that are currently available. And once we get into that niche and we start offering other things like pillows, and blankets and wall art and whatever else that people are buying that we're making even higher margins than we were expecting on those things. And those products start to rank for that main keyword because they are now being offered. A lot of times what you'll see is the people who are the everything shops, just because they've been around for a while and they're the only people offering a fishing t-shirt, those are the products that rank on the first page. But once you start to get into the niche and you start to get some sales and you create products specifically for that niche, it doesn't just have to be the ones that are already ranking. A lot of times you will find that the other products you can offer to that market will do better than what's already on the first page of it.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right. got a a couple uh, minutes here for a couple more questions. Um, I'm going to address this one here. Uh, Is it a good, is it a good or a bad idea to show products on your Facebook page or in email? And the answer is yes, I believe it is. And you'll have some people that say, no, uh, you don't want to do that because Etsy doesn't want you to send over traffic from social media, which by the way, someone said that I can't believe that someone actually believed that. Um, especially when, and, and I, I posted this in, um, uh, you know, on, on, the Facebook group where Etsy will show you that, Hey, a holiday is coming to an end. Let your social media people know about it. And they literally put a banner at the top to say, drive traffic here, please. Um, and someone is, and I'm not going to mention any names, but basically saying like, they don't want you to, to send traffic to their site. They only want internal traffic, which is, is crazy that someone would even suggest that. So. Okay, can it hurt your conversion rate? Can that hurt your ranking? Possibly, but I still don't think it's going to be as much unless you're driving thousands of people there and they're not converting because it's just crappy traffic. But if you put something on your Facebook page and people are genuinely interested in that and they click over, there's a pretty good chance that they're gonna favorite it or they're gonna maybe put it in their car or they might even buy it. I don't think that your conversion rate is going to tank because of that, right? So I would say only drive traffic from external sources for people that are interested in what you have to offer, not just a curiosity thing that you want to get a click. That's where I would draw the line. But yes, I would, if you have a Facebook group that is in your niche, definitely, definitely post it. Um, if you have an email list that is built around your niche, yes, definitely send that, right? And incentivize them with a coupon by the way. So that that's what I would say there.
1: Um, Chris, uh, Chris over on YouTube was asking about copyrighted brands. He said, you know, I'm, I'm seeing them everywhere and I, I'm channeling my father when I'm saying this, right? Just because everyone else is doing something doesn't mean that you should, right? And the, the like stereotypical dad response is just because all your friends jump off a bridge doesn't mean that you should do it. Uh, don't touch copyrighted stuff. Don't, don't even think about it. It's not worth it. I'm seeing more and more, uh, every day in some of the the Etsy groups that people are cracking down massively on this. And so if it's even close to copyrighted, I would just avoid it. There's, there's no reason to. Right. Um, so I wanted to get that out of the way. Um, we, what, what products do not work for $10 profit in your experience? And we had somebody else, Scott, that, that was asking, well, you know, there's like a T-shirt on there. There's no way you can make $10 on a T-shirt. And the answer is you absolutely can. Yeah, you and can. Maybe, maybe some things like uh, digital products that we're running a ton of ads for, like a digital download that everybody else is selling for 8 bucks. Yeah. But just because somebody in your market is selling a T-shirt for $11 and making a $1.50 profit doesn't mean that we can't sell a nicer T-shirt or a better designed T-shirt for $21 or $22. Heck, people spend a hundred plus dollars on T-shirts every day. The question is, are we trying to dominate the niche or just be somebody who sells T-shirts? Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what you'll see is people who are just selling T-shirts, they're going to price it to move as many units as possible. That's not necessarily our goal. Our goal is to do this profitably. And I don't want to sit down every day and create 500 different t-shirts for 500 different niches. So if I'm going to create a t-shirt for my brand, I'm going to make sure that I can make $10 on it. And I'm going to price it accordingly. And if I never sell one of them, then I just don't renew the listing. But the chances of somebody buying that t-shirt and being so price sensitive that they're not going to pay you the extra five bucks, even though it calls their name, right? It really resonates with them. It talks all about everything that they love about fishing, that they're not willing to pay the extra five or six bucks for that. Is very very slim. What you'll find is when you take a niche-based approach versus an everything store or like a, a single product-based approach, that there's a lot more room inside of uh, pricing than you think there is. Especially because you're dealing with people who are adding additional products to a cart. Right? They come in on something, and then Etsy goes, "Hey, you might also like this T-shirt from them." They're not going to go to Etsy, type in every fishing T-shirt, and look at it. They're going to go, "Hey." I bought something from this person or I'm in the process of buying something from this person. I like this t-shirt. They're not price sensitive at that point. And so if our goal isn't to sell as many t-shirts as possible, but it's to use that t-shirt in our niche as one of the 10 products that we're selling one of a day, you can absolutely make $10 on it. I'm sure there's a handful of things that just aren't worth Enough right to make 10 bucks, but even the stuff like t shirts and mugs that we see that people typically struggle with margins on. If you're taking a niche based approach, you can absolutely make $10 or more on those products.
0: Yeah, so let's let's wrap this up with this real quick. I'm going to add this back. This is why this is really important, and uh, again, guys, like everbee is the tool of choice for me. Uh, it's what I do everything with, uh, as far as, you know, validating the demand. So if we kind of go through this, like you can see, like we start here, you know, with, uh, you know, with our, our fishing term. And then we come in here we look at the numbers. Then we do some division here. We see how many is selling per month for the history of everything. And then now they added the profit calculator, which we're using. So if this number doesn't work, then you don't offer it. It's literally that simple. Find other products that are doing it. Or if you're struggling to find products, then you need to pivot. Then you need to find another angle in that niche. If there is one, that's why we're doing this validation. And that's why it's so important, but we need to make sure that we're able to hit our numbers. That's why going back to the calculating little plan here, we have everything written down. We have our monthly target, our product profit, which we're figuring out by using a tool like Everbee. And yes, I am, you know, advising that you try Everbee if you haven't done so already. And the, you know, the link is up on our screen here and yes, we are an affiliate for it, but it's because we use it every day and we believe in it. And it's really hard to be a contractor out there, right. Doing some remodel work for someone and you don't have a hammer, right? Like we got to get the tools to make it easier for us. And this is exactly what we use in order to find these products, but then also to do the validation and to really look now at the, at the profit calculation that we can see to make sure that we hit those numbers. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. Yes. That's a shameless little plug there. Yes. You'll buy us a cup of coffee. Yes. We enjoy our coffee, but honestly, guys, like if there was only one tool that I would use, it would be that because it's giving me all of that data. So this way here, I can see if we can hit those numbers that we're trying to achieve. All right. And I know that this tool is constantly getting better, constant, constantly. I mean, their, their data is constantly getting refined. Their keyword searches are getting even more dialed in now. So, um, I just really, really love the tool and I definitely think you guys should check it out because it's going to make your life a lot easier to validate and to really reduce the amount of risk, but also so you can hit those targets. All right. So Chris, anything else you want to wrap up with before we officially sign off here?
1: I think that's it. We did have a bunch of people asking where they can get this. You can get this on the Rock Your Brand podcast after we get off. Uh, This will be coming out you know, not like tomorrow, but I believe next week, um, you can always listen to it there because this is live on YouTube and live on Facebook. Once we're done, assuming nothing weird happens, you can also come back to either the Facebook group, which you can find at brandcreators.com forward slash group. We had a couple of people ask us for that in the chat here today, or you can find it on YouTube where you are currently watching this on the brand creators channel on YouTube. So if you guys ever want to come back and revisit this stuff, you can always do that. On the podcast, if you're more of an audio person, if you wanna watch and see the slides, you can find it in the Facebook group at brandcreators.com forward slash group or on the Brand Creators YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much. And yes, if you are watching this on YouTube, thank you so much and uh, leave a comment, smash that like button, let us know what you think. Um, Facebook, same thing, give us a little love there and, uh, podcast listeners. Thank you guys so much for listening. And, uh, we'd love to have you in the group, like Chris said. So head on over to brandcreators.com forward slash group, and uh, we can hang out there on these live streams and, uh, you can be part of one of these live sessions. All right. So guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up as always. Take care, take action, have an awesome, amazing day, and we'll see you right back here on the next episode. Take care guys.